0: Let's get down to business. Welcome to Profits and Purpose, a Colorado Business Roundtable production that unapologetically tells the story that business is good through conversations with Colorado's business leaders. Please welcome your host, the president of the Colorado Business Roundtable, Debbie Brown.
1: Thanks for joining us for this episode of Profits and Purpose, brought to you by Colorado Business Roundtable. Today, we're talking about Workforce Development Month with one of our partners. Lee Wheeler Berliner, the Managing Director of Colorado Workforce Development Council, and some other guests that he's brought with us, um, Jacob Castillo with Larimer County Economic and Workforce Development, and Kat Douglas, Jefferson County Business and Workforce Center. So welcome, everyone. Great to have you all on. Lee, I know this time last year we were talking about Workforce Development Month. A lot has changed because of COVID. Um, Certainly the health pandemic that affected so much of Colorado, uh, including our healthcare sector, but the parallel effects for business and economic um, factors within our state. And of course, um, you know, the business community is now recharging and revitalizing. So it's such an interesting time to once again highlight the importance of workforce in Colorado. So before we jump into the topic though, Lee, tell us a little bit about you, the organization that you manage and, uh, and maybe just a sneak preview about why we're talking about this important month.
0: Thanks so much, Debbie, and it's great to be with you all today. As Managing Director of the Colorado Workforce Development Council, I get to work with Business leaders from throughout the state of Colorado, nonprofit organization leaders and government agencies at the state and local level to think about and set strategy for statewide talent development, and really understand how we can follow the demands of business and ensure that individuals have access to the training and resources they need to pursue meaningful employment and that businesses have access to talent. It's a organization I've been connected with since 2014, and I really enjoy the seats that we get to be in to help support communities from throughout the state and work with companies of all types to enhance their talent pipelines.
1: Well, and I can not think of a more pressing topic for Colorado's recovery than talent, so I suspect that your hours have gotten even longer than before. Um, as we're talking to our folks in the private sector and who run large enterprises, talent is typically the number one issue that they're bringing up. So great timing for this important conversation.
0: Definitely. It's one of those pieces that if people think back to 2019 and the first part of 2020, we had a skilled worker shortage. And a lot of industries were facing pain points around accessing talent. And that's been exacerbated by the pandemic. And so now as we look to recovery and think about how we can continue our economic growth, it's an issue that we have to solve. And that takes a lot of different people coming to the table. That's why I'm thrilled to have Jacob and Kat join in this conversation today, representing the perspective of local communities and how this plays out within specific
1: counties in our Well, perfect. Let's jump in. Uh, Jacob, let's start with you. Tell us about you, um, where you work, what you do, what your normal um, work looks like.
2: Good morning. It's really a pleasure to be here. Uh, My name is Jacob Castillo, and I'm the director of Larimer County's Economic and Workforce Development Department. And as the name implies, we offer both economic development and workforce development services. So for us, that means we're focused on the creation of, of new jobs and building a system that fosters upward mobility, wealth generation, and ultimately leads to a more inclusive economy. Uh, We do that in a number of different ways. So all of the economic development services are under the purview of of this department, as well as our workforce development, education, and training services. So we thought it was a smart idea a couple years ago to join these two disciplines and really have a conversation holistically about how we're creating jobs, what jobs we're creating and how we will fill that talent pipeline for existing employers and new employers in our community. So we serve all of uh, all of Larimer County and we work very closely with uh, municipal partners, chambers of commerce, other business serving organizations, institutions of higher education, and many others. So partnership is the name of the game for our department here in Larimer County, and that's the way we get the job done.
1: And I'd be curious too, um, and I might come back to you on this, Jacob, when I holler back, but just, it's interesting to think about regions of Colorado and recovery. And in particular, we all probably have different talent needs, depending on what part of the state you're in, rural, suburban, urban, you know, is, is probably something that you all have to collaborate with regularly because workforce is is on a one size fits all approach.
2: Absolutely not a one size fits all. And like Like many parts of Colorado, we have urban centers like Fort Collins and Loveland. We have rural communities uh, like Red Feather Lakes. And then we have our uh, tourism-based economies like Estes Park, base of Rocky Mountain National Park. So we get to see it all here in Larimer County. And um, certainly our proximity to the metro area and our partners in uh, Weld and Boulder County um, make for interesting conversations sometimes on how we're going to approach regionalism and uh, support both our workforce and our business community that has a footprint in many different jurisdictions. So, like I said, we we do that through smart partnership and and collaboration on a daily basis.
1: Great. Well, welcome to the conversation, Jacob, and happy now Pat. Uh, awesome. And Kat, tell us tell us more about you and the work you do in Jefferson County.
3: Thank you, Debbie. I'm happy to be here. I'm Kat Douglas, and I'm the director of the Jefferson County Business and Workforce Center. But we serve Gilpin and Clear Creek counties also, which ties into that regional conversation of how do we align our services to match each individual community within our services. We're a little bit different than Jacob, which is kind of the great thing about the workforce development system throughout Colorado is we are designed to really match our local community's needs. We work with all of our economic development partners, which we have many through all the cities that we have in Jefferson County and then the two counties in Gilpin and Clear Creek as well and we work with our chamber partners as part of our ecosystem. What we do specifically within workforce is really serve those businesses, serve job seekers, and then operate as a convener between our education providers, everything from K-12 all the way up through higher education and community colleges, and convene them with industry um, and job seekers so we can kind of play that middle role where we ensure that our education providers are able to support industry needs with the curriculum that they're developing and the credentials that they're developing. Um, and then our job seekers matching them to all of those opportunities within education and employment. So um, we, we work very closely with, even though Larimer County is a little far away from Jefferson County, we learn from Larimer County, we work with all of the other counties, including our rural partners throughout the state to learn about best practices as we know, businesses do not always care, especially in the virtual world, where employees are coming from. And so, it's important that we are working together and collaborating to best
1: serve our business community as well as a job seeker community. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, and and not every employer um, you know fits neatly into a particular region. For example, I, right. I think about one of our bigger employers is Boeing, for example, as a partner and. Uh, you know, they've got uh, Boeing head uh, offices in several locations um, throughout Colorado, but then their supply chain partners are over 200 Uh throughout Colorado. So it's an interesting interesting that you all have a very regional uh, statewide focus too, Um, which kind of brings me back to Lee and why we're having this conversation. So Lee, take us a step back and what is Workforce Development Month and why do we Uh, celebrate that, if that's the right word, why do we focus on that in September every year?
0: So Workforce Development Month is celebrated in the month of September every year here in Colorado. And through a governor's proclamation, events kick off at the beginning of the month. And it's a time to really shine the spotlight on the services that are offered through our state's public workforce system. The United States has had a public workforce system since the Great Depression in in differing forms. And there are services that are available at no cost to employers and at no cost to individuals to ensure that businesses have access to talent. And so throughout the month of September, there are events in specific communities where our local workforce boards will often have open houses. They have a series of job fairs and really showcase what they have to offer, which is available year round. And by concentrating efforts and awareness in the month of September, we can really help to draw more people in to the system. So people understand what is available, what services they can access and how they can utilize the supports that they need in many cases to keep their businesses going and to attract talent and to support their own individual economic growth as a company.
1: And this kind of goes to the heart of what you do and what your team does, but tell us more about the impacts that the workforce system makes in Colorado? What, what are you most proud of as far as your team and, and the types of uh, processes and products that you put in place?
0: We have a very collaborative system here in the state, where at the state level, my office, individuals with the Department of Labor and Employment can set strategy and put forth guidance to really support operations that flow at the local level. There's a tremendous amount of innovation that comes from our 10 local workforce boards here in the state of Colorado, where they are interacting with businesses and with job seekers each and every day. If we look back at the last program year for our system, more than 300,000 job seekers utilize services Through our system, whether that was to look for jobs, to post a resume, to get support on how to develop a resume or or engage in an interview through in depth training. Individuals who are in need of obtaining a certification or completing a degree can get support financially through a workforce center to pursue those steps and ultimately get the certifications and skills that they need to enter into high quality in demand jobs within our state of Colorado. Ultimately, when we think about what we're most proud of, we know that last year, more than $450 million in wages was returned to the economy here in the state of Colorado. And our calculations look at the wages that people earn after interacting with the workforce system versus those who had not interacted with the system or where they were prior to their interactions with the workforce system. And so we see that additive value and that return on investment that is coming through the services that are provided throughout our state.
1: Yeah, and now you're speaking the language, I think, of some of my partners from the private sector. You know, when you talk about ROI and impacts, uh, you know, those are huge impacts for what you and your team have put into place. So congratulations on that and a great chance to highlight your good work. Kat, jumping over to you, who do workforce centers typically serve and what kinds of services do they typically provide?
3: Our primary customer base still remains industry. So all of our private sector partners as well as government employers um, and then job seekers. So with the business community and employer community, we can do everything from help analyze what their biggest pain points are with recruitment and retention. We can help them strategize on how to best do that so we can actually do the recruitment for them. Um, again, it's all very customized to what that business or that industry needs. And then we can help them again with those retention strategies so that they can um, focus more on their bottom line and um, those more critical things for their business. With job seekers, we do everything from, we can help you with your resume, we can help you with your interviewing skills. We offer numerous free workshops that this day and age are are almost all virtual, but there's still some in-person opportunities, um, which is really great no matter where you're at. And then we can go more intensive and really support what your career path and your career journey is with looking at what those educational credentials are in order to get into the industry you're looking for or to make yourself more qualified to rejoin the industry that you, re, you left. Um, and so we it's very customized. We can do pretty much anything um, that you need. And we really strive to meet people with where they're at and meet businesses with where they're at. Um, if you think of a high-level recruitment firm, we can do all of that for free. Um, we're really good at matching talent to those opportunities. And then when talent is coming to us that, that isn't quite developed, we help develop them matching what those industry demands
1: are. And I like that. And I think, how has COVID changed that in terms of stimulus opportunities? Is that something that you all also advise on um, through the workforce centers?
3: I think what that is, and, and Lee can probably maybe frame it a little differently, but the way we framed it in our communities is that it's really enhancing what we've always done. It's obviously providing more funding to do that, to serve the much greater need that we have in our community, both for businesses and job seekers. Um, And it is really targeted using data to inform those decisions. When people are coming to us that have been laid off and have been laid off for several months now, how do we get them back into either their former industry, if that's where they want to go, or new industries using that data to show what's in demand? What are those wages for those different occupations? And what do they need to get into those? Um, and so I think it's just kind of taking what we do and putting it a little bit on steroids um, in order to serve that significant need that we have across the state right now.
0: And I'll add to that, that in the 2021 legislative session, there were a number of bills focused on workforce investments and how stimulus dollars can flow through the Colorado Recovery Plan and also utilizing funding from the American Rescue Plan Act to really stimulate our local economies. And so this has put an infusion of new funds into our system is being routed through our local workforce centers. And so that's a place where businesses can engage with their local workforce partners to find out how they can get additional supports to train people who are already on the job or to get support to bring somebody in who's brand new and need some amount of on-the-job training to really get up to a level of productivity that's desired by the employer. So we're really looking to see how we can better serve employers through some of these stimulus opportunities and use those dollars to reskill individuals, to upskill individuals, and to ensure that people have the next set of skills needed, what we call next skilling, to adapt to the changing dynamics of our workforce and be ready for the future of work, which is already here and alive and well in a lot of different
1: sectors. Yeah, I actually have never heard that term before, Lee, next skilling. Um, fascinating. Because I think if we don't think about what's next, and, and, and even then we don't really know, but to have that future forward mindset, particularly about workforce of the future, is so critical uh, especially as as we all know in Colorado, we're incredibly competitive. We don't want to come out of the pandemic uh, slipping in our in our economic indicators. Um, we want to make sure that we're ready to jump back in uh, and be one of the top economies. So, uh, really like that. We'll have to do another uh, podcast just on next skilling. Love it. A follow up then um, on that maybe for Kat before I jump into Jacob. Um, Kat, what would you say to businesses who have never partnered with a workforce center? Uh, And perhaps, again, COVID may have, have provided even more intensity or more urgency for businesses to utilize the good work that you do. But how would you encourage a business to maybe consider working with you?
3: I think what we can help with is almost provide that support that they're struggling with. A lot of times businesses would have to hire consultants to navigate some of these changing times right now. And so we are really there to help them figure out what are their critical needs right now. We know a lot of businesses right now are struggling with labor and finding that labor. And so how can we get creative to identify what those needs are? We are currently in the midst and I think a lot of workforce centers are, we will do in-person hiring events and virtual events depending on what those needs are that they each have. And so it's really critical that we're adaptive to what they need, but any business can come to us. There isn't a single industry that we won't serve there isn't a single business. We serve the large businesses like Lockheed Martin. We work very closely with Lockheed Martin, but we also work with the small restaurant that's you know based in Golden um, and has 15 employees. And so we can work with anybody, advanced manufacturing, IT, any industry we can work with. And so reach out to us, we are completely free because it's payroll taxes that pay for this system. Um, and so you don't need to spend any of your hard-earned money to, to use us in order to support what it is that you are dealing with and what you are facing. And we can help you navigate all of those needs um,
1: as we look into the future and what our communities and what your business will be facing. Great. Thank you, Kat. And I'll be sure to put those links as well um, to complement the podcast. So if folks are listening, they can go back to the original podcast on our website and find those links as well. So appreciate that. So, Jacob, back to you. I'm so curious about how COVID has impacted the way you work. When I think about our partners with Colorado Business Roundtable, we represent business, community, academia and government. Everybody's had to rethink and retool completely. Uh, their business plans and the way they work. Tell me how it's affected uh, how you do your business.
2: Thanks Debbie, That's that's a great question. I mean, COVID has really impacted nearly all aspects of our life and certainly the way that we operate. So when I think of the public workforce system, in particular how our department has been impacted, there's really kind of two levels of impacts. One is the operational, and the other is the strategic. Maybe even borderline on the philosophical. So we'll start with with the operational. We've begun delivering so many more virtual services, uh, just like uh, you know many organizations across the country. We spent uh, months and months on Zoom, but you know working with our customers in a very different way. Uh, but what we found is that was. Uh, incredibly effective for a number of different populations and participants. So that is a great lesson learned that we can leverage technology in a different and better way to serve our customers in a way that they would like to be served. So the virtual services, the ability to to work remotely, obviously that was in, in some ways mandated uh, for us, but um, it's something that that we've learned helps our uh, our employees. And then also has some benefits to how we're we're delivering on our customer service values. So that's kind of the operational piece. And I think that's um, maybe the less exciting, um, although very important component to to this work. Where I get really jazzed is spending time on this, like I said, strategic or even philosophical uh, component. And uh, we know COVID shined a, a very bright light on some of the inequities that we see in our, in, in our systems and in our economy. There are individuals who are at the economic margins prior to the pandemic, and I, I fear that they're at very real risk of being left behind as we, uh, as we recover and as our economy gets, gets stronger, which we continue to see uh, very promising signs as, as we come out of this pandemic. So the, the impacts that this has had is knowing that we now have to show up for our community in a different way. We can leverage technology. At the same time, we have to physically be present in communities that have been underserved or underrepresented. And uh, we're now doing this with more Spanish language programming. Uh, hired a community navigator and outreach coordinator uh, to help us better tap into uh, communities that have gone underserved for far too long. So while I say we do a a good job, I'd say maybe even a great job. We have not done a great job for everyone in our community. So we have some some wonderful lessons learned. We're making some changes to how we serve the community. And uh, this is really dovetailed with many of the services that our business community is now asking us for. They're focused on uh, diversity, equity, and inclusion initiatives. So we're playing a far more consultative role in helping businesses access resources, um, implement programs, and change some of their operational practices to be a more inclusive hiring uh, type of organization and diversify their workforce, which has been a a key goal uh, for many employers in our region. Um, So as we've learned lessons, we've translated those uh, those lessons to uh, the private sector and are now kind of baking that into the DNA of our operational philosophy within our department, and I think within our, many of our systems. So that's just one example of, of how things have changed. But maybe another one that I'd like to highlight is partnerships. I said this at the beginning of the show, that that's how we get uh, biz- business done. Um, without high trust, highly collaborative environments, we would not have been able to weather the uh, the COVID pandemic in the immediate response as well as we did. Uh, We have relationships with the business community, with the chambers of commerce and many other partners. We were able to disseminate information very quickly. And we've now leveraged those partnerships to build programs that aid not just in response, but in long-term recovery. So working with with partners is, like I said, the way we're going to get our work done.
1: Well, and absolutely. I think I mentioned it. Um, I mentioned it often. I don't know if I did today, but you know, collaboration, um, uh, is such a key word and a key value for Coloradans. And so this I think has taught me even more, you know, that we need to all work together to come out of the pandemic strong. And Jacob, I'm so inspired by your thoughts on the concept of disruption and how it can be a positive impact for our state in terms of strategy and operations. Um, I think we've all seen that and and kind of lean into the fact that systems can be reviewed and and retooled, that perhaps, you know, without COVID, we wouldn't have had that opportunity to think about some of these things in a different manner, you know, looking towards the future. So that's incredibly inspiring. Um, Any other key successes you want to highlight from last year, Jacob, for our listeners?
2: Yeah, there's a few that I'd like to highlight, a few successes that I'd like to highlight through partnership and collaboration, we were able to launch new programs and initiatives like, like many of our partners across the state in the public workforce system. We created a, a program with Colorado State University called Business Pivot, and this is less about uh, an immediate stimulus or a, a grant or a loan and more about teaching businesses how to be more nimble in the face of you know, changing dynamics in the economy. So very germane to what we saw over the past year, year and a half the lessons learned through this uh, business pivot training program uh, will allow them to pivot or modify operations in the face of, you know, any catastrophe, fire, floods, pandemics. I mean, we've seen it all here in Colorado. And that is an ongoing program that was piloted here in Larimer County and now will be deployed statewide through CSU and some other, some other partners. So that's growing to be, uh, you know, a, a statewide model. The other is the the level up or five star program that we saw in many communities, you know, focused around businesses going above and beyond the safety protocols from Colorado Public Health and Environment to move a level up on the COVID dial, which we no longer have, thankfully. But through those relationships, we were able to form uh, what's now a business advisory council that is working with our economic development team and our team at uh, Public Health and Environment to have more business friendly policies and practices. And that came through the relationship building that we did through COVID. So two primary examples of how we're serving businesses and programs that we implemented during COVID have uh, migrated to something bigger and longer lasting. You know, at the same time, you know, some shameless self-promotion, we served thousands of individuals. And one area that I'm particularly proud of is how we serve young people. Um, We provide some some tutoring and support for individuals getting their high school equivalency, or HSC, formerly uh, GED. And we actually helped, during the pandemic, 45 young people complete their high school equivalency. And we know that this will have lifelong impacts on them and their earning potential as they go forward. So through leveraging technology, through partnerships, through trying new things, and Debbie, as you mentioned, disrupting systems, We were able to serve our customers in some ways better than we had in the past. So we're taking those lessons learned and um, going full throttle into the future and how we can better serve and show up for our community.
1: Yeah, that's such a great point and appreciate Jacob and Kat being on today, particularly in light of how close you are to the ground of what people are experiencing in your communities, how to impact business and the people and Jacob, you really summed it up well, and, and I always think about this because I always think about, you know, I represent employers. The truth is, uh, you know, it's all about people at the end of the day. So when you talk about those lives changed from taking that GED, uh, you know, the lives change that you all are impacting every day, that's kind of the whole point. It's not really about uh, bricks and mortar. It's about people in Colorado and how we impact them. So just really grateful for the good work that you're all doing, and it's an honor to highlight that especially during Colorado Workforce Month. So I want to throw it back to Lee to kind of wrap us up. Lee, you have a tremendous team all across the state, as evidenced by uh, Jacob and Kat representing some of the work today that you all are doing. But tell us how people can hear more about workforce centers, where they can get more information, and any last words that you might have about uh, focusing on workforce this particular month.
0: You bet. Jacob and Kat are two great examples of the leadership at the local level within our public workforce system. And the services they described are obviously available in Lambert County and Jefferson County, as well as communities throughout the state of Colorado through our other local workforce boards and centers. You can find your local workforce center by visiting the Colorado Department of Labor and Employment's website. We'll get that link available on the Cobert website. So you can connect in directly to find your local workforce center, give them a call, reach out via email, schedule a job fair, connect with them to post your jobs and get the word out about the opportunities that you have. There's a lot of great services throughout the month of September. We'll be talking about the various offerings of our public workforce system with some different themes. We'll start off by just showcasing the services that are available for businesses and employers. The next week, we'll talk about apprenticeships. Towards the end of the month, we'll talk about the future of work, showcase what's happening with that topic, and then also stimulus opportunities and future of economic development as well. So visit the websites and get connected.
1: Sounds Lee. I used to think September was just the start of football season, but now I'll always equate it with, with workforce. So <laughs> I think they go hand in hand of importance for our state. So thanks everyone for joining us. Uh, this has been Profits and Purpose, a production of Colorado Business Roundtable.
0: This has been a presentation of the Colorado Business Roundtable. Be sure to check out all of our episodes on Podcatchers Everywhere at cobrt.com. Our technical producer is John Ekstrom, Deaf Communications. Thank you for listening to Profits & Purpose.